Hello, everybody, and welcome to a ZZ podcast. We just finished recording a great episode with Yvette Raposo. Yvette Raposo is a professional boxing ring announcer. She's also an entrepreneur, public speaker, a fitness coach. We talked about a lot of cool stuff, so I really encourage you to check out this episode and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. And also don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere where podcasts can be found. Anyways, have fun and enjoy the podcast. Bye, everyone. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Azizi Podcast. And today I have the one and only Yvette Raposa. How's it going, Yvette? Good, thank you. My belly's full and happy. Awesome. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> All right, so let's make sure that we have our mics very close to our uh, mouth. So you can go ahead and like uh, wiggle it however you want. Yeah, it's fine. And so yeah, so I'm very happy to you know have you on my podcast. I know that you're a boxing ring announcer, and uh, I felt like this was very special and unusual. The fact that you're a female announcer, and that's we have this thing so rare in the boxing industry so i first saw you at tyler boxton's united promotions show and this is where i thought right away i want to invite you here so welcome thank you i appreciate you recognizing the uniqueness of what i have to offer thank you thank you but anyways how's your day how's everything so far everything's great thank you um it's been uh, a very interesting 2020 so far so every day is a gift every day is a blessing and every day is a new opportunity mm -hmm. to do more and do well that's awesome you know i've mentioned that before when we had breakfast but i don't think i've ever done so much research on a person before as as, an, as my guest so i've watched all your youtube videos i watched even the video from 2001 when you were a boxer and basically there was it was like a morning show or something so there was like reporter coming into uh, to you and asking you about your experience as a boxer so that was pretty cool to see uh, and just so on and so on and to see uh, how many things you're doing and the first thing I've noticed is that just you have so much ambition and that's what I felt like you just have this drive and I really respected that and and respect right now so <laughs> I'm you know okay. I'm really excited that uh, that you are that you're here and we can talk about that so if you can tell me a little bit about yourself and how you started as a as a boxing announcer and how like the whole backstory to it. Boxing announcer? Yes. Okay. Well, I competed. I fought back in 2000 through to 2004-ish. And I once I stopped competing and fighting, I immediately started teaching the sport of boxing. I always knew I wanted to stay in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. I, was a, I am and was a personal trainer first and foremost. And then I fell into boxing as a way of conditioning and uh, empowering yourself and... Once I stopped competing, then I taught for many years, and it was about five years ago, six years ago now, where I ran into an old associate of mine, Everton mm -hmm. McEwen, who was a coach at the time when I was competing, and I ran into him at a gala event, and we just started talking and catching up on the last probably 10 years that we hadn't seen each other, mm -hmm. and he just stopped at one point and said, I want you to be my ring announcer. He mm -hmm. was starting up a promotional company again called WBW mm -hmm. um, Boxing Promotions. World Boxing Wars was nice. the, the name, and we proceeded to do nine events together over the next few years, couple of years, few years. And that was just a great experience. So that was at the amateur level. Although we did our shows kind of with like a pro feel, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was a pro vibe to it. 
That's pretty cool. I feel like that's pretty great for boxers as well, for amateur boxers to have that vibe around them. Even Absolutely. I mean, boxing, it's entertainment as well. It's sport yeah. entertainment. So yeah. we were there to also entertain. And as I was learning about being a ring announcer, I mean, uh, there was no real guidebook into mm-hmm. how to be a ring announcer. So I was very fortunate. There isn't? Not really. No. So, I mean, where are you going to find it? You can Google how to be a ring announcer. Right. But really... You're on your own. So I'm assuming you probably Googled Mike Buffer and Leonard Jr. Yeah, but very early on, I mean, I realized I'm not Michael Buffer. Uh And I, you know, it was an interesting and, you know, people wanted to give their advice in a very friendly way and say, oh, you need your, you need your Don't you hate that freaking advices when you don't ask for them? (laughs) Well, it's it's good because, you know, I appreciate it. It it comes from a caring place for the most part. Of course. For the most part. Um, but I, I learned, I eventually learned that having my own style was really just being myself mm-hmm. and being a woman in a very male dominated sport. And one of the few women who is pursuing this as far as I am mm-hmm. at the professional level now mm-hmm. is really about, okay, well, what does that mean about me and my persona right. as a ring announcer? Where it's traditionally a male in a tux with a very mm-hmm. deep voice and mm-hmm. a very commanding presence mm-hmm. and a very traditional, very neutral stance. Mm-hmm. And where where do I fit in? Because as you've gotten to know me in the last hour or so, I'm right. a very bubbly and yeah. ah, in-your-face person. Which is amazing. Thank you. And so I had to contain that also oh, okay. in a way. I had to contain it. And just figuring myself out. I mean, it's a very... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, stoic position where you're just this, this presence in the ring, you have to be neutral. And so all of that, I was just positioning myself around it. And I didn't have any real stage presence training mm-hmm. up to that point. Mm-hmm. The good thing I had going for me was that I am very comfortable in a boxing ring. Right. Throw me in a boxing just ring based and I'm on good. Experience. I know every corner, yeah. I know pillar to post, I know every inch of that ring. And I feel like that's very special about you. You're you're not just a boxing announcer that came from like a modeling field or whatever, or acting field. You are actually... Boxing is yours. The ring is yours. It's your I've environment. Bled in that ring. You belong to the I've ring. I've bled. I've I've shed. And that's tears. why I feel like that's why it's so special. You know, even beyond being a female announcer, it's just being a boxer, a boxer announcer. That's I think that's that's that gives you like that street cred. I would say. I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Do you feel like uh, you need to develop some sort of a, or maybe you're in the process of developing or developed already some sort of a signature, you know, buffers ready to rumble, you know, or the manner of speak of Leonard Jr. or or this new guy with the dreadlocks, Diamante, mm-hmm. he sort of like says, announces the name and then he repeats it once again really quickly, mm-hmm. you know, so so like, are you feeling like, ah, what's my thing? Like, as you're saying, like, you have to be yourself, but at the same time, what can be my signature? Are you thinking about things like that or it sort, it sort of comes naturally, like whatever kind of works? I'm going to catch up. I am. I'm not thinking about it as much as I did in the beginning when Mm -hmm. I first started professional boxing ring announcing, which was over a year ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, More so, it's kind of like when you're a fighter and you have a ring name. Mm -hmm. And that name is supposed to be given to you. Mm -hmm. So my ring name was Yvette Reckonball Raposo. 
That mm-hmm. name was given to me by my coach. Mm-hmm. So I'm not searching so much for what my thing is as a ring announcer. Uh, I imagine and I hope that and I trust that it'll just come to me and it'll be right. whatever people pick up from me. And that's mm-hmm. what it's going. That's what's going to stick. Which, by the way, great last name. I, I really get a kick out of your last name. It's very brutal, but it's also sort of very, very sharp, like rapid, you know, reposa. Yeah, I think so. And rap is in it. And I love rap. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> rap more than just Who's rap your favorite music, rapper? But, oh, geez. Oh, I loved Eminem when I was oh, nice. training and fighting. Yeah. Um, I loved Eminem. I loved what he was doing at the time. Are you, are you all, was that your kind of like a get ready focus song, like mom spaghetti and all of that? Well, <laughs> you well had one my, chance. mine was a little bit more the heavy metal side. I really, I trained to Metallica. Oh, okay. Okay. And the Misfits. Interesting. And some, the hard stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but I enjoyed that stuff got me going, but I, my music taste is very eclectic, but with rap, I mean, what I appreciated and I mean, you've done your research on me and you know that I have done spoken word in the past. Yes, and I absolutely. Used to write my own rhymes. Yes. And, and I saw the video, which was amazing. It really oh. gave me like a cool, cool vibe where like your verses were pretty cool. Like they were very compli- like complicated, you know, like interesting. Oh, they had like a little little something in it. Yeah, and that was inspired by both Eminem and boxing. Uh-huh. So I found that there was a similarities between being a rap artist mm-hmm. and being a boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a rhythm to boxing, just mm-hmm. like there's a rhythm, obviously, to rhyming. Mm-hmm. So that, that connection was made for me. And when I was training, when I was deep in training camp and preparing for a fight, this is over 15 years ago now, mm-hmm. my outlet was writing. And my outlet is still writing. I journal a lot mm-hmm. and every day. That's how I process do you type or do you actually write by hand i write i love writing wow yeah i don't know it's so hard for me like i when i write like a page i realize like, oh, i haven't done this for like 10 years i'm like my, my hand is just like hurting. i i believe the <laughs> act of writing is still very very important and they say as you write physically write um you process differently i heard about like type yeah like when you write you're sort of especially when you write something like write down your dreams or your goals like you're and you write it by hand you're materializing it somehow like it's something is happening that it's actually gives a signal to your brain for real rather than when you're just thinking about it talking about it or typing it i believe that yeah mm-hmm. so that's where my so the rap in reposo mm-hmm. but reposo also means fox Oh, okay. I was about to ask you that. In uh, in what? It's Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay. So the meaning is fox, and uh, that's a, that's a that's a cool one. I think so. I think foxes yeah. are incredibly powerful animals who are also sleek in their own ways. Yeah. And very independent. I feel like they're. I don't know much about foxes, but now all of a sudden in, uh, I want to go home and research. <laughs> in Russian culture, fox is a very sneaky animal. Oh, sneaky. Like she, she will trick trick you, and it's mostly like a female sort of character, fox. Interesting. But then again, like you can say fox in the male character as well. So that's yeah. But my last name means uh, in in Persian, uh, my dear. My dear. Yeah. Like, nice. Yeah. So mine is like a very <laughs> softer, softer spoken. Uh, but yeah, that's very cool. So um, tell me, how, how do you prepare for, for the ring? Do you have this anxiety right now when you go in? Because, I mean, even though your ring is your, your environment, you're still doing something different than what you're used to, right? And, and you've been doing this for a while now. So, But do you still have this little anxiety? For example, what I would be 
freaking out about is like messing out someone messing up someone's last name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you it's, practice you're like oh, okay last name last name especially if it's like a middle eastern or uh eastern europeans stuff like that because we have a lot of those right now oh they are the hardest <laughs> i must say um i love the spanish names oh, i yeah. love them there they just roll off the tongue mm-hmm. uh definitely i prepare absolutely about a week out from the fight so i'm looking at the fight card already on box rec mm-hmm. and i'm studying Good. the boxers okay um there's only so much I can prepare for until fight day. So mm-hmm. here in Ontario, we do the weigh-ins in the morning. So I mm-hmm. will attend the weigh-ins mm-hmm. and I will introduce myself to each fighter mm-hmm. and get the proper pronunciation of their name in right. person. Right. So then in terms of just my stage presence and preparing mm-hmm. for, to, so I can have, you know, I eat well that day. Mm-hmm. I try to rest the night before. Um, and As a female, do you feel more pressure... Because for guys, like, put on a tux and put some fucking makeup on, sorry for cursing, put some makeup on it, you know, just to tone yourself. But, like, as a female, do you feel like you have to do more or? Uh, It's a good question and it's a good point. And at this point, I'm still figuring that out because, yes, I do put makeup on. I do my hair. I think Mm -hmm. about my outfit ahead of time. Um, and I, I do that for myself. I do mm-hmm. that to feel good. Right. I am, I, I'm, pr- I'm representing my sport. I'm mm-hmm. representing myself. Mm-hmm. And so I do that because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It is, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. There's money that goes into it. Like this stuff of course. costs, this, yeah. co- this stuff costs money. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of time that goes into it. So I have a little bit of a joke, you know, one of my co-ring announcers, we will be at the, the, the weigh-ins and then you'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to go take a nap, grab a shower, you know, hit the gym and then just throw right. my tux on and I'm ready to go. And I'm like, yeah, my day is going to entail the hair salon. And that up, one is expensive, time. you know, it just is, the it hair is. in itself. And I heard that your mom is a designer, right? She's helping you out. Yeah. So actually I, um, I'm very fortunate because it so happens that my aunt who has done my hair my whole life, oh, okay. she prepares my hair for the night of the fights. My nice. mom is a fashion designer. She is a stylist. Um, and so she helps me with my outfit. And then one of my very good friends from high school is a makeup artist. Wow. That's, so that's the whole full scale in-house operation. Yeah. So you, you know, <laughs> the team comes together, right? And yeah, yeah. it's, it's, they say when you need, you know, things come to you when you need them because mm-hmm. it's meant to be that way. So it's mm-hmm. been really great. And I get to involve my family in it as well. It's been exciting for my mom to, you know, every fight show, we okay, we talk about the outfit. And again, we are, you know, do I wear, and it has to be functional so that mm-hmm. I can step through the ropes. Mm-hmm. It has to be functional. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, keeping that in mind, which is why the first few fights I went with a jumpsuit look. Right, which makes sense, suit. of course. Which was which was really a lot of fun. So it's feminine, but yet still powerful. Yes. So my image that I... It was a red one, right? It was the red one. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, my mom made that. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, she's amazing. She's incredible. So I'm very blessed that way. And, you know, it, it's, it really happened on purpose that mm-hmm. um, I have that resource because if I'm going to be the pioneer in female professional ring announcing... Um, Amy Hayes, shout out. Amy Hayes was ring announcing for quite a long time. She was just inducted into the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. That's Which a is deal. incredible. Yeah, which is incredible. 2019, she was inducted. And so when, so back to when I was researching ring announcing in particular, who are the female right. ring announcers? There's another woman, Angela, and I forget her last name, sorry. So there were two women in particular that I could look uh-huh. up to, Angela uh-huh. and... 
Amy Hayes, who is in contact with me on social media. She's been incredibly supportive. She's adorable. And she's just been so encouraging. She's been amazing. This is great. Yeah, it it really has been. Uh, But in Canada, I'm the only active professional female ring announcer. Currently the only one who's pursued it this far. As far as I know, there's no one out there that I know of. That's what I've noticed. You know, I actually Googled uh, this morning, um, boxing announcer female. And uh, your photo came up right away, number one on Google. Yeah. Uh, Amy came up too, but you sort of uh, beat everyone else and you're like on the number one. And then there's like news articles about you. And I'm the guy who kind of does this, well, not does this, but like pays attention to it. The SEO search engine optimization and just the marketing and the branding. And uh, I also looked at your website. I looked at at how you're promoting yourself and, and just like overall how you're structuring your brand. And I feel like I'm not sure if you're doing it consciously or it just works out like that. But right now I feel like everything is working very well and it put together very smartly. So thank you. Do you, means... do you how do you uh, what kind of effort do you input into your brand? Oh, every day. Every day is the effort. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. It has been some of it has been. So my website, for example, <laughs> Which is uh, in the background right now. There was a few years where I would update my website and then it was a WordPress and I couldn't really do it on my own. And mm-hmm. uh, as you might or might not know um, how much time goes into, there's a huge learning curve around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big computer person. Like everything I've done with my marketing, my postering, my social media, that's mm-hmm. all stuff I just learned over time. Mm-hmm. And learning takes time. Mm-hmm. So with my website, as I would have to continuously update it as my career was evolving, it became something that was in the back of my mind that I constantly had to do. It was constantly on the to-do list, update the website. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of happened where with the professional ring announcing and it's like, who am I? Because who I am has evolved so much in particular in the last five, six years because my main message is boxing training Mm -hmm. or has been for a while, a long time, Mm -hmm. boxing training for fitness, boxing training for self-empowerment. I'm teaching boxing. I teach boxing classes. I use boxing analogies in how I speak and helping empower people and position them in this world, which is very challenging at times. And then here comes this ring announcing um, opportunity where now not only am I, not only do I have the opportunity to be the only, to be a trailblazer, Mm-hmm. I also have a platform now, and that's going to change my brand. So to answer your question, has it been conscious? The more I focused on, so it was, it was, it was kind of strategic. Yes, it was strategic, just like mm-hmm. a boxer. Mm-hmm. I had a strategy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need to throw the strategy out the window, just like in boxing, and you have to rely on your instincts, your primal instincts. You have to rely on, sometimes you have to be a counter puncher. Sometimes you have to react to what's coming at you. Mm -hmm. So I decided to approach this like a boxer. Nice. So everything, um, and my website is still evolving because, you know, when you land on my website, who am I? All right. I'm a ring announcer. I teach boxing. I speak about boxing. I'm a motivational speaker. Right. I like that it, it gives that spot on information like, okay, who is a vet and what can she do and what is she good at and like how can you work with her? How can you contact her? I mean, it's it sort of sounds a bit simplified, but you'd be surprised how many businesses, not even just people, but businesses that don't care about their website. You know, they probably built a website back in 2001 or 2003 and they never updated, but it's important to have that website because overall this is your front, how do you say it in English? That's your... Um, 
like a storefront basically yes. but online no, no one's already looking at your storefront everyone goes google you right or everyone goes to your website so i absolutely respect that you're taking care of that thank you i appreciate that because i wasn't sure because then you wonder you know how much it's changed over the years right it used to be a business card mm -hmm. no longer is it a business card Websites were very popular for a very long time, but mm -hmm. then you started to see social media take over where now it's like, right. oh, what, what's your handle? Mm -hmm. And people aren't even visiting the website anymore. At least uh, I wasn't sure. So mm -hmm. it was positioning, where do I build? And right. of course you just attach everything and integrate. So, um, so, and the more I learn about building yourself, building your brand and the most powerful you can be is with the team that you have, the team mm -hmm. of people around you. That's very, that's actually very useful for people to hear is that, you know, assembling a great team. Well, a boxer looks like they are fighting in the ring alone, but they have a whole team that put mm -hmm. them there, including in their corner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is what we see as fans. We see the fighter in there displaying, putting, putting that performance on of the last six weeks or six months or six years or 60 years, whatever you have right. it. But well, um, there's the whole squad behind them. You just, don't see you know. the whole squad. Yeah, exactly. So talk to me about your, um, your speeches because I looked it up on YouTube and, and you've really provided great motivation and, and just based on your experience and how you connect everything to boxing, how did you come up with that? How did you decide to do it? And what, what was the cause of it that when you decided like, all right, I'm, I want to do a speech. I want to like, it's, it's, it's kind of sounded like a Ted talk to me. Oh, okay. Which I'm which, thinking you should do it. Uh, which one? Yeah, that's on the list. Yeah. My TED Talk is on the list. I'm still forming the message, but uh, storytelling. So I, you know, growing up, one thing that stuck with me always that I realize now was storytelling. So this is the reason why I loved sports so much. I didn't realize it at the time, but mm -hmm. the stories behind the athletes um, I loved tennis growing up, baseball mm -hmm. I loved growing up, and I watched basketball, I watched football, any sport I can get my hand on. Funny enough, I didn't watch a lot of boxing when I was a kid. I wasn't introduced to it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't on my radar. Um, I was um, really obsessed with baseball, and what I loved about baseball was the strategy. So um, now... That's I something that I still don't get, baseball. I went to a game once, and I was like, wow, four hours, three hours, and... All I got for him is like, you need to drink beer when you watch it. That's that's one rule I just learned. <laughs> well, it reminds me... It was just so complicated for me being from Kazakhstan going to like a Dodgers game. <laughs> oh, try explaining that. I, I'm still explaining, trying to explain the sport to my parents. Because, of course, they had to sit through. We had one TV in the house, right? So when a baseball game was on, <laughs> they allowed me to watch it. And then they're like, okay, explain this game to us again. Right, and I'm right. still trying to explain right. to them. <laughs> I got into football. Are you watching the football, like American football? You know what? Right now, I don't have a TV uh, by choice. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. by choice. So the one thing I miss about not having a TV is sports. So I'm, yeah. I'm debating on which app I get, whether it's DAZN or... So uh -huh. I'm working on it. All right. Well, back to speeches. Okay. So, the so speeches. <laughs> so what really grabbed me about sports and why I always loved sports so much was the stories. Mm -hmm. And that inspired me. It evoked emotion from me that made me feel so alive. Mm 
five, there was a show called Beyond the Glory. It was on TSN. I think it was a once a week show. And mm-hmm. I used to sit by the TV and wait for that show to come on. And it was kind of like a biography on these athletes and their story building up to you know, when they become a professional athlete and their career and how their career ended or what what have you, right? I realize now this is what drew me into boxing as mm-hmm. well. I realize mm-hmm. that now. So it was the story that engaged me uh, with my speeches. And, and I always paid attention to my story. Even at a young age, I was already paying attention to the story that I wanted to write for myself. Mm-hmm. So I found myself in university. I just found myself there because it's what I was supposed to do at the time. So your parents pushed you? Yeah, they uh, encouraged me. They wanted that for me because they didn't have the opportunity. And I appreciate that they um, encouraged me to do that. And I'm really glad I tried it. Mm-hmm. And I actually did well in university. Mm-hmm. But I knew I needed to be somewhere else. I knew I wanted to be in the gym. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager, I put myself through my own routine where I felt like I struggled with body image issues and self-esteem because Mm -hmm. I was an overweight girl. Mm. I wasn't necessarily, um, I wasn't unhealthily overweight. But that was something that was like important for you. It it became important for me. Mm -hmm. I just thought, yeah, you know what? I don't feel good in my clothes. Mm -hmm. It was really just about not feeling, I felt tight in my clothes. Mm -hmm. And at the tender age of, you know, 16, 15, 16, I was very aware of this. And I'm the type of person that I look for resolution. I look for solutions. So I was like, okay, now let's do something about Mm -hmm. this. And that's been my personality ever since. And when I hit the gym and started to figure this out for myself, I studied it. I read a lot about it. I asked a lot of questions. I observed a lot. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was 19, I completely changed my body and in the process changed my mind. And then I became extremely curious about... Through exercise and dieting? Is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exercise and dieting. And I became extremely, extremely curious about human potential and the mm-hmm. human psychology. So tell me about that. So once you... So what you're saying is basically you, you got skinnier and... I didn't say I got skinnier. Okay, so... <laughs> But you said you're like the cloth, uh, the clothing was tight or something I like happen, that. I'm just teasing you. Okay. I did happen. I did happen to get skinnier. Skinny is a funny word to me. It's just right, a okay. funny word to me because you could be skinny and fat at the same time. Huh. You could be skinny and, and unhealthy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So because I've been in the fitness industry for so long mm-hmm. and because I'm a woman just because, and this is not specific to being a woman. It just happens to be my experience because right. I am a woman that, um, the language that we use is so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my goal was never to be skinny. So I was very fortunate that I made the connection early on as a teenager that I wanted to be fit. And that was more important Mm -hmm. to me than being skinny. Getting smaller in size happened to be uh, the outcome. Mm -hmm. So I did end up fitting better into my clothes because Mm -hmm. I became fit and I lost body fat. Mm -hmm. So. I just wanted to insert that sure, absolutely. because the language that we use, I, I believe, and I'm very careful with the language that I use with my clients because mm-hmm. um, everything, our potential, our human potential begins with our language and our language mm-hmm. turns into thoughts and our th- thoughts turn into action. Absolutely. Yes. So I think that's it. Well, I was just wondering, like, how did you, how did your mental state change when, once you got to your goal? Did, did you see... Um, Empowered. I, for me, it was, because um, I was always 
sort of in dieting and because uh, I have this weight issues as well. If I'm going to let myself just a little bit, I've been dieting since like 10th grade, basically. I was always watching my weight. I'm always obsessed about my weight because, uh, I don't know, I just get... Uh, do you say fat or do you, there's another word for it? You could say whatever whatever <laughs> makes you feel comfortable and however you want to express that. But right. yeah, you could say Cause, fat. Because now I feel like skinny is not important, like not appropriate to be fat is either. But anyways, I get fat really quickly if I want to, <laughs> you know. So I always got to watch myself. So it was kind of a, a constant, for me it's like a constant sort of uh, limiting myself and then, but at the same time, you know, I I, don't, I feel like I never got to the point where I'm so satisfied with like my physique is because it's just like it's never I'm, I'm never there. You know, did you feel like you got there? Did you uh, feel like you hit the spot, or you always feel like you need to do more? Well, it's a very good question. I'm so glad you brought this up. So when I was 19, I actually competed in a was I 20? I was 19. I competed in a body a natural bodybuilding competition. Right, right. And this so the whole experience, I dieted hardcore for nine months, and I was very satisfied with my results. Nine months later, standing on stage. Mm -hmm. This was before boxing. And part of what got me there was the boxing training helped me with my conditioning. Mm -hmm. But um, as you might know, there's such hardcore dieting involved. And this was a personal challenge that I wanted to do for myself. I wanted to stand on stage because, you know, again, I didn't really have any stage presence training. And this was a personal challenge that I want to accomplish. So there mm -hmm. I am standing on stage. I have striations in my arms and my triceps, my quads. I'm tight. I'm toned. I am at the ultimate, I have six pack abs, which is the last time I've had six pack abs because my body's just not, um, you know, my metabolism and my body is just not natural. I don't walk around with six pack abs. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very strong. Mm -hmm. I'm incredibly strong. Um, I'm fit and I'm healthy in so many ways, but I also, that period of time taught me that it's never enough because at the time I, I gambled I flirted with body image issues again, the mm -hmm. other extreme. Mm -hmm. So where you need to be like perfect in terms of like the definition of it the six pack. It was never enough. It was never enough. And I learned that. And mm -hmm. very fortunately, I learned it very quickly because after the competition, you know, then you start to eat again. And I was eating very healthy. I've always... I've always chosen to eat healthy because for me, food, food is fuel. Mm -hmm. Food is mental health. Food fuels my body. It's nothing, it, it, it's secondary is how I look, but primary is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And regardless, you just start eating normal again and you start to fill out. And my body was starting to fill out a little bit more. Very unprofessional. <laughs> if it's mom, you have to take it. Uh... I don't know. The number is unended, unidentified. So. Oh, okay. No. I'm so sorry about that. That's all right. I thought I put it. There we go. All right. Yeah, so the it's never enough. And mm -hmm. when I started eating just regular, like a regular person again, I started filling out. And I could have, it was a slippery slope where I could have, and there was a few years where I wasn't sure where my body fit or what I was supposed to look like. And at the mm -hmm. time I was, you know, I am a personal trainer and I am coaching people on body image and I'm coaching people on being okay with who they are at that time. And then looking ahead to improving, you know, I'm all about 
um, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. And as soon as you start exercising, you're immediately improving your mood and you're immediately improving your, you know, your chances at achieving and acquiring better health. So yeah, for me, exercising is a form of mental therapy. Like for me, it's mental first and then the muscle afterwards. Certainly. So, uh, to answer your question, it was never, you know, we're never at that ultimate. So to answer your question around my ideal body, you know, I'm 43 right now and Mm -hmm. I am so happy with my body where it's at. And guess what? Fast forward, Mm -hmm. um, I suffered from a, a few injuries, some related and some unrelated to boxing. One of them was a car accident. And listen, I'm just happy that my body works mm-hmm. right now. And this is my, part of my message with the people that I train and, you know, everyone who I talk to. And there's so much more to us than what we look like. And guess what? How we think about ourselves is going to reflect what we look like. Elaborate on that. Well, confidence, positivity, comfortable with self. Mm-hmm. That comes through in your body language, in your posture, in your personality, I mm-hmm. believe, I noticed that about somebody more than I would their six-pack abs or their striated triceps. That doesn't impress me. Absolutely. That's why I'm always trying to be funny. <laughs> six-pack abs, people. I mean, it's great. I understand and appreciate the hard work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't entirely impress me. It's well, not I mean, the whole of course, package. Of course. That's absolutely true. I agree with you. Uh, wow, that's... Uh, we, we went really deep there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching the subject, but it was a, it's a very interesting one. I mm-hmm. feel like uh, our, our listeners, listeners will really, really appreciate what you, what you said. Um, but going back to boxing, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have a card here in Toronto on, the, I think, April 24th. For, it's, a, it's an all-women card. April 23rd at the Design 23rd. Exchange Center. Exactly. Okay. Um, I know that you're going to be working there as well. So Yes. So can so, you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I could talk a lot about it. So this is the first ever all-female professional fight card in Ontario, mm-hmm. which means that all the fights will be female fights. Mm-hmm. I happen to also be the only current active professional female ring announcer in Canada, in Ontario, let's say. So this is going to be an exciting evening for different reasons. Um, Fight Social Club is promoting the event and it's the first of its kind. And I'm really excited that Fight Social Club has taken on this, 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 uh, I want to say challenge. And I Mm -hmm. say challenge because who's buying these tickets? What is, who wants to come see women's boxing? I do. Yeah. And we are finding (laughs) out that a lot of people do. Yeah. And I say that, and I'm not, I'm not um, referring specifically to women's boxing, boxing, because I've been around the sport for so mm-hmm. long, and especially more recently, I've been on the promoting end of it where I help to promote the fights. Uh, I realize it's a tough sell for different reasons. Um, I'm in it, so I mm-hmm. realize, I understand, I know how fun it is, and I understand the sport and the game. People who don't understand the sport the game, they look at it, they see violence, they don't understand what they're seeing. Right. So, what kind of a sell this is this? Um, we're learning, we're quickly learning that it is a bigger cell than we even imagined. So for us women, that's a, it's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. Absolutely. Um, it's coming at a good time right now where women in general across the world are pushing, pushing Mm -hmm. boundaries and gaining more recognition, more recognition, especially with social media. You're seeing so many platforms pushing, 
uh, women in sport, just mm-hmm. hashtag, just Google women in sport, mm-hmm. check it out on Instagram, for example, and uh, different organizations, the NBA, the NFL, they're getting behind women in sport. You're seeing a lot more women commentators. You're seeing a lot more women referees. You're seeing interviewers mm-hmm. and they're doing an amazing job. They're stepping in, they're stepping up. They are professional. They sound professional. They're educated. And this is exciting times for women in sport. So why not have an all women's fight card? First one of its kind in Ontario, April 23rd, and it's um, it's going to put women's boxing on the map. Totally. I agree with you. And uh, I feel like this is a, is this like, so it's one of the first, right? The first of a kind here in, in Toronto. It is the like first. This. No other promoter has touched this. No I, other promoter has tried to do this. And so who's promoting it again? I'm sorry. So it is uh, Fight Social Club. Fight Social Club. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's a promotion company. Yes. Cool. Yes. That's the organization who's promoting it. Um, Awe Productions, A-W-E Productions, I think is co-promoting, is behind it. Right. Well, I'm glad. I will uh, be happy to have them here on the podcast if they're, if they're listening. Yeah. I'll keep yeah, you so in touch. And yeah. proceeds from this event are going to the cause, which I'm sorry is slipping my mind right now. Um, but we can tag the cause in this podcast sure. if you don't mind. Um, Dress for Success is the cause where uh, proceeds are going towards that cause. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they just solidified, they just solidified the fight card. So that's fantastic. It's been, it's been finalized. All set. Yep. And Everlast Canada is on board as the main sponsor and we have other sponsors on board. So things are coming together. Everlast Canada, this is huge. Yeah. It's, you know what, it's going to be, it's going to be really great. And you know, the crowd is going to be, of course, the the crowd is, um, men and women are welcome Mm -hmm. in the crowd. I don't want people to get the wrong idea that just because it's an all women's fight card and guess what? Women's fights. This is brutal. I saw women. Women's fight. women's boxing matches are, if not as competitive, sometimes more competitive than the men's. First of all, it's two minute rounds. Two minute rounds, especially. Like, they don't have enough time to like finish the job, so they have to act quick. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I was going to ask you, what do you think about two minute rounds? I honestly feel like maybe women should be given three minute rounds as men, as, as same as men. Well, pay us the same. Then. Good one. Yeah. Then pay us the same. What do you think? How do you, th- what should be done so that women are paid the same? Or at least their, the pay is getting to towards that elite level of the male's boxing. For example, right now there is a conversation between, you know, sort of like this, uh, discussion between Layla Ali and Clarissa Shields. Well, it's not really a discussion between them, but they're just kind of like shouting at each other through video cameras and giving interviews. As we know, Layla Ali, the daughter of the late Muhammad Ali, is uh, retired right now. But Clarissa Shields, who is uh, the, uh, the, the current champion, uh, she's calling her out to come out of the retirement and fight her. And so what Layla Ali is saying, well, I'm not fighting uh, unless I'm going to give be given a thing at least a million dollars for that fight. Because I mean, that I think it was five million. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Five million. So, do you think this is possible? And uh, how can we sort of engage in that and encourage the industry to pay to pay women more? And what can maybe women uh, sort of contribute to that as well? What What are the What are the like points there uh, that can be? Well, there's a couple of different things going on here, and there's a bit of a history to this with women's boxing and what people are seeing between Clarissa Shields and Leila Ali goes way deeper as, as it usually does. First of all, um, at the time when I was fighting, the Olympics were not an option for me. So women's boxing only came, was not a part of the Olympics. No, we were not invited. We were not welcome only until 2012. So 
we've only been to two Olympics so far, uh, which Clarissa was a part of, the past two Olympics. That was not an option for people like me or Leila Ali or any women who have come before. Um, so the platform is different. Building a fighter like Clarissa Shields has been different than it was for Leila Ali or women at that time. Um, do I want to see a fight between Clarissa Shields and Leila Ali? Not necessarily. I want to see a fight with Clarissa Shields and I want to see her give other active fighters opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what's happening here. Uh, it seems like this has become personal where Clarissa feels like Leila has not been supporting her. But do you think it's getting personal? I mean, we know how boxing It's works. definitely personal. Okay. This one's definitely personal. Yes, okay. this one is definitely personal. And I know we built a story and, you know, you had the Mayweather and McGregor thing where it became mm-hmm. a story and that was, you know, fabricated as far as I'm concerned and it got the audience, it got eyeballs onto the TV, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is personal. This is real. Um, because, you know, Layla, at one point in an interview about a year ago or back in 2018, Layla had said, there's no one interesting for me to fight right now in boxing. And mm-hmm. Clarissa took that personally. Mm-hmm. Clarissa claims that, you know, she had Layla on her phone as, you know, someone who she can look up to. And mm-hmm. um, she looked for support as she was up and coming. But overall, I feel like... Um what do you think this makes for the sport of boxing? What do you feel like the beef between Clarissa Shields and, and Leila Lee? Does it do any good? Doesn't? How do you see it happening? How do? You, what's going to happen next between them? Do you think the fight will actually happen? Well, there's talk that it could actually happen. Um, Leila is not saying much right now. I think she's processing. Um, it also looks like she is pursuing her other interests, which is this health program that she's promoting, etc. I think what happened was, you know, Layla was talking in the interview where she was talking and just she claimed that she would kick Clarissa's ass. Mm -hmm. And Clarissa took that for real. And Mm -hmm. Clarissa, she means business. She's like, if you're going to call me out, I'm going to come back at you. So is this good for women's boxing right now? I think it's unnecessary. I Mm -hmm. understand it's getting eyeballs. I understand it's gaining attention. I understand all of that. I'm deep in it. I feel boxing. Mm -hmm. I I think about it a lot because I think about it beyond the sport. I think about it how we can use this platform as women. This is beyond just going in there and beating somebody up. Mm -hmm. And we have the opportunity now as women. 2020 right now, this is we're, we're still peaking and there's more and more coming out and happening there's a lot of amazing women fighters right now that mm-hmm. need attention with what they're doing and there's quality women fights and fighters right now mm-hmm. a lot of them i can name a lot of them but i'm not going to i'm not going to start naming them for for mm-hmm. lack for fear of you know not naming all of them mm-hmm. but um, I think that we can do a lot better with giving those women more attention collectively and that will raise us. Yes, mm-hmm. Clarissa is raising the pay for those people who um, are fighting her. Right. Because she, I don't know if she has had one or two main event. Her last fight was a main event. Christina Hammer. Right. Uh, no, her last fight was not Christina Hammer. Ivana, Ivana from Eastern Europe. Okay. Ivana, the one that was canceled because of the controversy that happened at the weigh-in. Oh, that's right. That's true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it's, I love what Clarissa's doing because she's being herself and that's what's most important. So you go, girl. Um, and there's plenty of room. Listen, everything, it's, it's there for the taking. So you can be, do, 
whoever you want to be and do, as long as it's working for you. But I just hope it all comes together collectively. Absolutely. Well, this is, you know, I feel like they're going to be, there's going to be more boxers. And we know that the box, the female boxers are here. They are, you know, fighting. It's just they need more attention from the media. Yep. Media attention, sponsorship would be great. Um, more support across the board and not just big media outlets, but just what you're doing right here, which I appreciate, you know, every little bit goes a long way. And there's this ripple effect that happens when, you know, if you see me on social media, I'm very actively sharing. And this is what I think social media is about, is about being social. I'm sharing what people are doing. Not everybody thinks that way. And especially not in boxing. Mm -hmm. I, I have learned that there's a lot of people in boxing that have the mentality of, you know, mine, 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 and what I'm doing is my secret. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think that way. I don't believe that way. And that's just, um, it's unfortunate. And that's what I, I really like how you do it, how you promote your brand and how you're just sharing things on Instagram and, and just overall you're in all the medias. And you plenty. have your radio show, you have your YouTube channel, you have your website, you have your programs, you have your fitness training programs. I mean, this is amazing. That's why I feel like you know, when I started doing research, I just feel this motivation. I just feel this enthusiasm and it's pretty cool. I don't, I don't often find people like that. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it's, everything feeds into the next thing. And I I believe, I truly believe that we are better together. Maybe I'm such an idealist, honestly, but I think that we have so much work. There's so much work to be done in this world with, um, collaborating and truly supporting each other because there's plenty for everyone. There is an abundance in this world. Seriously, people, stop it. There's an abundance. Yes. <laughs> so there's plenty. And excess, I, I'm not a big believer in excess. I don't need an what excess. Does it mean? Oh. Just like over, over the top? Over the top anything. Like I, you know, I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy with who I am. And I'm happy to share great things that people are doing and elevate each other because at the end of the day we all bleed the same blood we we really want the same things in life love acceptance safety these are these are the core values that we all look for in life and when we're satisfied those elements of life are satisfied then we can enjoy life a lot more and it's not that hard to satisfy those needs but as human beings you know we are excessive we live in an excessive of society and listen boxing is excessive i happen to be involved in a very excess i i I realize that i'm being a little bit contradictory right now because (laughs) i'm involved in the sport that is an an incredible paradox there's so much beauty to it but yet it's very brutal it's very excessive and extreme but yet it's very simple at the same time and maybe that's what i love about it because i appreciate the philosophy of boxing and how it relates to life well said. Well said. Wow. This is great. I'm so happy I have you here on my podcast so we can talk about that. Thank but you. But I know that you have to, to go soon. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go teach my 86 year old <laughs> boxing. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish it up then. And I would hate myself for not asking you a favor since I have the professional boxing announcer here. Would you mind announcing Azizi podcast? Introducing, I guess. Introducing right from downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada, for the first time and still undefeated Azizi podcast here and now. Let's get started. 
<laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yvette Raposo, everyone. Thank you so much, Yvette. I really appreciate this. So much fun, so much knowledge, and I really hope that we will do this again sometime. Absolutely. I'm in. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>